the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Okay, everybody, since everybody's being negative, let's be positive today. Let's start, let's have have a ladies day, okay, for quotes. Champions keep playing until they get it right. Then they play more. Billy Jean King. Part of being a champ is acting like a champ. You have to learn how to win and not run away when you lose. Nancy Kerrigan. Failure happens all the time. It happens every day in practice. What makes you better is how you react to it. And that's Mia Hamm. <laughs> um, I, I, Mia was my daughter's hero. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. Anyway, um, I, I, look, I think there's some uh, really interesting stuff going on here. And I, I'm just going to... I'm going to try to get to a whole bunch of things today, but first of all, you know, if you want to have a conversation with me or you want to sit down and, and uh, unfortunately we can't have a cup of coffee anymore, uh, or at least for now, uh, but sit down and talk about your portfolio over the phone, uh, go to WHK1420. If you go to local podcasts down to Tim Hayes Smart Investor Show, it goes right to my, my webpage and there's all sorts of stuff on there. We're going to talk about my webpage later on the show, but... Look, we have some really good uh, brochures, the Business Owner's Guide to Transition. Uh, look, there's a lot of guys selling their, their businesses out to private equity. Private equity is ripping, ripping you off five out of six times, okay? We have some people that you can talk to uh, to sell your business, and we can also help you with the transition. Also, the Family Inventory Workbook. I don't know of a better time with this crazy virus out there where it's important to put all the stuff that you own in one spot, okay? And then we have the credit access line, uh, Credit Savvy Investors, Investor's Guide, okay? It's important to use credit at the right time, that's all I'll say, okay? Uh, We also have stuff like our dividend growth portfolio, our prime income list, our top ideas, et cetera, that can be uh, had. And we have a new newsletter out that we send on a, on a monthly basis. We don't harass you or anything like that. Uh, but this month is the state population winners and losers. So who's getting more uh, votes? Five key benefits of the CARES Act for individuals and business. I think that's a very important one. Will versus trust. Know the difference and why you would need uh, some uh, disability uh, income in the future. Um, so that that's for now. Um, also, I would like to you know just uh, you know we always go into uh, a, a few things and we'll just go directly into these. So WHK fourteen twenty AM local podcast down to Tim Hayes and we can get you all that stuff if you if you want it if you want to have a conversation. There's a phone number there. There's all sorts of email me's and, and contact me's. All right. So the Federal Reserve Bank of New York reported American households added one hundred ninety three billion of debt in fourth quarter. Mortgage balances rose by $120 billion. Student loan balances by 10 Credit card debt, which typically rises in the fourth quarter, by the way, uh, when consumers are doing their holiday shopping, rose by $46 billion. The national test score last year uh, showed that only a third of American students were proficient in reading. God, that just bums me. From a guy who reads all the time, that bums me out. Uh, total revenues from streaming music uh, grew 19.9% to $8.8 billion in 2019. That, that accounted for 79.5% of all the recorded music revenues. By the way, the artist gets ripped off on that deal. So there we go. Now we're trying to be positive here, so let's let's talk about some positive things that happen, okay? We, I'm done being negative. Uh, first of all, uh, Fauci said a major model has lowered its prediction to the death toll in the United States. That's very, very good. Uh, the IHMI update, uh, Coronavirus death estimates keep shrinking. That's a very good market rallied on Friday. That's very, very good. 
uh, because Gilead came out with a, uh, or uh, some people came out with some information on, on a Gilead test that looked pretty good. Um, in in uh, full disclosure, I own a lot of Gilead at a much lower price. Um, also, Apple and Google partnered to create a platform that will alert users if they have come into contact with a person with COVID. It uh, sounds a little bit like Big Brother to me, but that's uh, neither here nor there. And like a good neighbor, several insurance companies gave back millions to customers, uh, you know, especially the car guys. Um, politicians and pub- public uh, figures, a lot of them have returned to their medical careers to help out. I think that's great. First time I heard good news about a politician. Uh, the coronavirus pandemic has uh, driven interest in uplifting headlines, which is really good. And with so many humans staying home, uh, the air is cleaner and the water is cleaner. And a pandas, two pandas made it for the first time in decades because everybody's gone. Isn't that, isn't that great? So um, anyway, I, I thought we'd uh, talk about a few things and uh, I've got to find them first. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, this is hard because I usually put this all stuff on. Uh, uh, oh, here it is. I'm sorry. Uh, Mark Mahaney, who you probably see regularly on CNBC, is our internet analyst. We have two guys, him and uh, Matt Hedberg, who I think are just just rock'em, sock'em robots when it comes to uh, uh, being good analysts, good, solid analysts. He's been he's been on Amazon since $32, you know? So, uh, I mean, he, he's been right, too, by the way. So they do a, a semi-annual RBC ad survey, and there was five or six things I thought I'd bring to your attention. Number one was covid 19 impact is real. Uh, among the top platforms for budget allocation, uh, we saw, uh, you know, and that's Google, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, we saw a 35% rise in the percentage of respondents that plan to decrease their spending over the next year. Uh, the net still remains a key marketing uh, thing, but uh, the record high 76% of the market uh, marketers said they reduced their budget by 20%, which is a lot. Facebook and, and Google are the two uh, leaders, but Google is, is now dethroning Facebook as the ROI king, all right? So uh, that's, that's really interesting. Uh, the current leaders, in terms of budget allocations, uh, were 41% for Google, or I should say Alphabet, uh, at 37 for uh, Facebook. And for future spends, the guys that really showed up big uh, that had some, the skew was most positive, I think, was for Instagram, Amazon, YouTube, uh, pins, pins, uh, pin interests, Snap, and Twitter. Twitter was kind of lagging a little bit. Uh, I think it's because of some things that are going on. Strong trends, positive trends for Alphabet, uh, negative uh, for Facebook and Twitter, but positive for Instagram and very positive for uh, Amazon, pins, uh, pin interest, Snap, uh, and Snapchat. So, um, you know, I, t- I thought I'd bring that up because a lot of people own these stocks and, uh, you know, you got to know what's going on out there, right? Um, you know, we had a couple interesting uh, themes this week, and um, I thought uh, these, they were very, very interesting, as a matter of fact. Uh, one was with Tom Lee, and uh, Tom, you know, Tom was the uh, chief strategist for uh, Morgan Stanley. And, uh, you know, I forgot, this is a live show. If you have a question, the number is... Uh, Actually, I can't remember the number. So, Andrew, if you would whisper to my ear somewhere in the near future, I'd appreciate it. It's 216-901-0961, I think. Uh, so, oh, I'm sorry. It's 216-901-0945. So, 216-901-0945 if you've got a question. But Thomas Lee uh, is with Funstrat now. He's the head strategist there. And uh, but this is a great group that they have together. They have Tom Block, who's probably one of the best quantitative guys. They have Rob Schleimer, who I think is the best technician uh, outside of Bob Dickey. But he says the way forward post heart attack. And look, you know, he talked about a, 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 a rational, logical case for the stock market, which would be much lower. But he says the non-consensus, but more probable way is much higher. And so what he did is he went back in time and he looked back at all the major corrections uh, and and what you know first of all I got to go back you know New York has been really the crisis center okay now LA and California has more cases but New York is the is the you know the 
the the perfect cell to follow. And first of all, they, they talked about last week that they were past the peak. Just so everybody knows, that's two weeks ahead of time from what they predicted, which is kind of interesting. So the other thing that he thought was kind of interesting is that the policy was lightning fast here for 10% of the GDP. Now, what I mean by 10% of the GDP is if you look at the, the numbers uh, for all the uh, different uh, uh, group, oh, I'm sorry, states, <laughs> that's the name I was looking for. The states, uh, the top 10 states uh, account for a great deal of the, uh, uh, the GDP out there. And these, you know, the Federal Reserve, give them all the credit in the world, and even Congress, who took their good old time and, and put a couple bad things in there, I think. But, uh, uh, you know, it's amazing that Democrats uh, and, and Republicans, they added stuff that shouldn't have been added as far as I'm concerned. So, look, there, there are some things we've got to talk about, uh, but, but... How about that, huh? 
All right, so we'll just leave it at that. Now, there's one other thing I want to talk about, and that's on my webpage. If you go to my webpage uh, on Insights, uh, so you go, you go to my webpage, just go to WHK1420, go to Local Podcast down in Tim Hayes, you go directly to my webpage there, and go under the, the heading of Insights. There's two really good pieces uh, that I think could be, you know, very positive, good stuff to read. Number one, it talks about the first one talks about the CARE Act of 2020. If you don't know what that is, and I, I sent that to a bunch of my people that are on my mailing list, if you want to get on my mailing list, hit the contact me, the email me there. The second one is the second thing down. Janet Ingalls, who may be the smartest lady at uh, uh, RBC, does an interview with Kenneth McKay, who's one of our two biotech analysts, and he's been doing the COVID report for some time now. So if you go to my webpage, uh, these two could be, you know, believe me, the CARE Act, if you don't understand it, you should. You know, everybody's getting a check right now, and they don't understand that they're probably, you know, they're going to take it back from you <laughs> in next year's taxes. But And also, Kenneth McKay is a brilliant scientist and analyst, and you should be taking a look at him and seeing what's happening. Uh, he's, he's really uh, done a great job. So... Um, I think that, you know, that's something that you want to pay particular attention to. Um, anyway, uh, just that if you go directly to my web pages on that. Now, a lot of people are worried about, um, uh, well, there's two, two interesting notes, wages. A lot of people are worried about unemployment. You know, under this new wage thing, some people are going to make more money than they would being employed. So will there really be a drop in consumption? Not as big as drops as I think. The other thing is a lot of states are letting doctors cross straight state lines. Isn't that interesting? All right. So a couple of things that I just think you need to know, uh, um, highly, highly important things I think you need to know. Um, and we'll take it from there. All right. Uh, one other thing, I was, I was looking at uh, bonds and Ray Dalio said, you're crazy to buy bonds here. And there's a record amount of risky debt that's coming due soon. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. reversal into X's at 44. It then went to 68 and has since moved uh, back to to a sell signal. So it's in a column of O's. So the bullish percent has turned down. And it's at a pretty high number. It's at 68. uh, And it it reversed down to 60 this week. So we are now in a more defensive posture. Uh, And, you know, I think you got to pay attention here because the last time I said this was in February. And we went all the way down to three. Now, look, the one thing I like right now is, is I looked at the weekly momentum numbers from Rob Schleimer and Bob Dickey, and, and those are oversold. So what we may have is a hard, fast sell-off for a couple of days just to make sure everybody's paying attention. Uh, but remember that, you know, uh, our friends at Dorsey Wright provide us with this uh, bullish percent, and they're now owned by NASDAQ. And one of the things it is is a risk monitor. Look, you don't have to go out and sell everything, okay? Uh, that might have been a good idea in February, but uh, I think what we're looking at right now is a situation where, hey, we are, we're trying to change back to a more normal environment. Uh, the last time we saw the bullish percent experience uh, a pattern like this, uh, it was a short-lived reversal. It was back in 2008 when the bullish you know, percent recorded its quickest 
stint in X's lasting just seven days, and then it turned back. Uh, but fixed income and cash now, uh, you know, are the two best places to be right at the moment. The other thing I noticed is uh, oil uh, went into Contego, okay, which means that the future prices are worth more than the the um, or, or the the cash price is worth more than the future prices, which is very unusual. Backwardation, by the way, is the exact opposite. What's interesting now is I just saw, you know, gas uh, uh, at Costco was below a, a dollar, okay? So uh, there are ways of, of hedging. But uh, a couple other things. I noticed that healthcare became the, the top performing group for the last uh, year, uh, for the last two months, I should say, and that the S&P 500 index funds and the fixed income uh, quality uh, portfolios are very close to each other, so that's really interesting. And then uh, the, the, a lot of the healthcare portfolios and ETFs have turned up. I've also we mentioned that biotech outperformed healthcare, which is really uh, a very interesting scenario. So, all right, so uh, we we uh, want to talk about a couple other things and. Uh, you know, we had a, a conversation with Rob Schleimer this week, as well as Bob Dickey, and uh, some of the things that he he was saying is that some of the short-term momentum indicators uh, have become overbought. Now, this is the daily stuff, okay? And what's interesting is that the uh, the long-term indicators uh, were are look like they're getting close to a bottom, okay? So. Uh, now, we're also looking at the S&P 500 versus the bond indexes, uh, so some early signs of bottoming, which is very positive. But the daily is turning over, and I'm seeing that in a lot of stocks, too, by the way. And then I look at the um, the AD line, look, okay, this is not great. The uh, New York Stock Exchange uh, AD line looks very, all looks fairly similar. Um, but I, I think I did see uh, something that was really interesting is that, Volume generally was subsiding with down days, and upside volume was improving. And with up versus down volume getting better, downside volumes have risen the past two days. So, uh, you know, you got to pay attention to that. Now, I looked at growth versus value, and uh, on a weekly chart, it still looks okay, but on a daily chart, it is making a higher low. So you're starting to see some early signs of deceleration, which may mean that, you you know, we, we've been talking about this, and I feel like the boy that cried wolf is value maybe starting to do better than growth. Who knows? Uh, we'll, we'll find out. I am noticing that high beta versus low beta, high beta got hit the hardest, but it's, it's stopped uh, uh, where it stopped before. So it, sh- it should, things could get very interesting from here. Um, now, I, a couple other things I noticed, the 10-year note, you know, we went down to an all-time low at 0.313. Then we rallied back up, and then we made a higher low uh, at 0.538. So uh, we may be looking at, you know, a a bounce in rate sometime in the future. I don't know. Uh, Now, a lot of people have been asking me about the dollar. Now, if the dollar were to decline, that would be very positive for commodities. And commodities are trading in the CRB index, the Commodity Research Bureau index, which is kind of the main guide for most of us, is almost at a 40, 50-year low. I mean, it's back to where 1973 was, okay? And it's just a hair above where it was in 1962. So this is a situation that uh, – I'm sorry, folks, my internet went out again. But anyway, it's a situation that, uh, you know, we probably have some, uh, Molly, uh, we're, we're, we're going to see, uh, they're going to actually try to get the Internet uh, going, I mean, get the uh, Commodity Research Bureau going again, okay? So, uh if they can, you know, it's, it's, they almost need, um, you know, a lot of, uh, 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 but they need the the uh, Commodity Research Bureau to get going simply because they need a little inflation. I mean, believe it or not, uh, you know, I, I love having uh, uh, the fact that, you know, we have a, uh, 
uh, you know, very cheap gasoline, et cetera. But I think you also got to pay more attention. But look, I, I just think that, uh, you know, oil doesn't look good at all. So uh, I think it's, it's going to stay down here for a while and uh, continue. So uh, I don't know why, but it, it probably will. Now, uh, I also, I looked at the dollar and the dollar looks like uh, it, it stayed below where it needs to break out and probably will stay that way for a while. I don't think it's going anywhere. Uh, gold, I'll just say this about gold. You know, we've been right on gold since last summer. I mean, if you would have bought, the, I said to buy the gold stocks versus the gold. Uh, you could have bought both. The gold stocks are up 30 40%. They look pretty good. Uh, uh, so, you know, just it's something to think about. But right now, I think there's too many people uh, that are trying to get uh, into gold. And, and so I, I imagine there'll be a, uh, a scenario where uh, you'll, you'll see gold either pull back or go sideways for a while. So, um, you know, it, it's something to uh, pay pretty close attention to. In my humble opinion, you have to, uh, you have to be thinking uh, ahead of time because most of the people are, you know, are starting to tout gold now. So you want to stay back away from it, I think. But I am seeing some major companies, major, major companies uh, start to uh, lose some momentum, okay? And these, these are companies that would probably run the, uh, um, you know, run the market a little bit. So you want to be uh, paying close attention to that, all right? So uh, stay tuned. I think that I'm seeing a couple of stocks break out, uh, big times, Big time stocks break out, and I'm seeing some other stocks starting to lose a bit of um, their momentum. Like I said, so uh, if you, you need to discuss that, you can call me. Uh, go to WHK1420, and uh, uh, you know hit the uh, the local podcast down, and it goes right to my webpage from the Smart Investor Show. And there you can get to contact me and get my phone number, whatever you want to do. Uh, and give me a call. In the meantime, uh, this is a live show. I think we can take calls. It's 216-901-0945, We're, we're going to take a, a break. We'll be right back. And uh, I just got a call that says, am I on the speakerphone? Yes. <laughs> we're having some problems with my internet in my house. And uh, because we're in the, the lockdown, uh, you know, things are a little bit different than they normally are. So my apologies. Anyway, we do have Bill on the line. Bill? Yes. Hi. I, I was just calling about the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a company called Gilead. Yeah, from what I understand, yeah, they're they're in the uh, laboratory uh, vaccine uh, business, and I believe they're uh, I believe they're actually using it at UH. Uh, well, I don't know if they're using it at UH yet. Uh, I can just tell you this: you know, the Gilead was a home run for a long, long time. I owned it for a long, long time, and then it, it died for a while. And the reason it did is because it was actually curing people. They make two of the drugs for the AIDS con- uh, AIDS syndrome. And uh, it's it's keeping AIDS patients uh, alive a lot longer. They also have a product for hepatitis C that basically cures you. So that's why the stock got beat up a little bit. But this new uh, Remdesivir, I think I got that right. <laughs> the tough name uh, is is a pretty exciting one. I own it a lot lower. I I would not buy it here. That's my humble opinion. Well, uh, it's, you know, but it just saw a seven, just saw a seven eight dollars spike. Uh, I, I know it did. Day. Yeah. Yes, it's so it's um, one of my largest positions, now, by the way. <laughs> well, the, the the potential for any of these, if it becomes a worldwide vaccine, uh, is going to be astronomical. I mean, they're it's still not quite. What is it, ninety something or? You know, uh, yeah, it's 80, 85, 86. Uh, yeah, eighty-five, the eighty-six. Yeah, eighty-five, eighty-six. They're not making a vaccine. They're they're using a drug that they tried on on couple other things, uh, SARS, et cetera, that it seems to be improving things. But it's not a, an official test, okay? It's just it's uh, 
it's, it was a leak from a test that was going on by someone that shouldn't have leaked it. Uh, that's why it was a positive. The vaccines are coming from other people. Gilead is not making uh, a vaccine. There are five or six other people, oh, I, and I'm not going to me- – yeah, I'm not mentioning those over the phone, but uh, they, you know, uh, if you want to know those names, you got to call me, okay? Well, my wife, my wife's associated to a pharmacy, and they get these updates, and they're saying that they're using that drug for very severe cases at UH, and they're having great success with it. Well, so that's you're right. kind of what they're not, they're not they, pre- they, Go ahead. Yeah, it's not FDA approved yet. Okay, so uh, okay. that'll probably come late April, early May. Okay. Okay. Just so you know. All right. So there's think, some risk. What do you think stop. about? Okay. Thank you kindly. All right. Have a great day. Anyway, uh, once yeah, once again, uh, it's a live show. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. Now we talk about the bullish percent on this show, and as I mentioned earlier, it turned down this week. Uh, and so the bullish percent was designed by people that were proteges of Charles Dow, and what they wanted to do was be bearish at the top and bullish at the bottom. And uh, so there's two keys here. There's the, it goes from zero to 100. When you get over 70 or get close to 70, you turn down. That's a pretty high number, which is what we just did, okay? Uh, 70 is kind of the red zone, all right, above 70. Below 30 is the green zone, which we were just two weeks ago. Uh, and, uh, you know, normally when you're in a column of Xs, you have the offensive team on the field. When you're in a column of Os, you want to be more defensive. And you may recall, just uh, three weeks ago, we were at five, one of the lowest numbers I've ever heard. We just hit 67 or 68, we'll call it. We were up 24% in a week. Never seen that before. Okay, so crazy stuff's happening. But we did turn into a column of O's right now. So we have the defensive team on the field. Let me say that again. We have the defensive team on the field. So if you're a trader and you, you bought what I said to buy, you can blow some things out, if, you know, or if you miss the first time around, get ready. Okay, get ready. I think this is going to be hard, sharp, and fast. And then I think the daily momentum and the weekly momentum are going to turn up at the same time, and it could be a powerful, powerful rally. All right, that's Tim Hayes' opinion on RBCs, by the way. But I'm looking at Rob Schumer's work. I'm looking at uh, Tom Lee's work. I'm looking at Tom Porcelli, who's our head economist, and Lori Calcivina and Bob Dickey's, and that's. That's what I'm getting out of it. Anyway, the over-the-counter index was up 14. It is still in the column of X, so the small caps are, are still looking good. And the world index was up 12, and it's in the column of X at, at, at uh, 48. But it's very close. I'm, I'm sorry, at 44. And it's very close to turning down. The over-the-counter index is very close to turning down, too. So I'll just say that. But the bullish percent did turn down. So volatility remains in the market and it, you know the VIX has been more than cut in half. We've had spikes in the VIX at five, six uh, percentage points uh, several times. So uh, you know we have data back to the end of 1997 and when there were a few interests which saw this indicator reach 88 percent and then um, that is the indicator uh, you know we, we, we saw um, the S&P 500 bullish percent reached 90%. I've never seen it hit 88. So some interesting things going on here that, uh, you know, we haven't seen before. But it did, the bullish percent for the S&P 500 did go into a column of uh, O's, okay? So it's in a column of O's right now. That means risk is higher. So the New York bullish percent turned down, and the, and the bullish percent for the S&P 500, which went to the highest level ever, Okay. So it was the big stocks that rallied, just so you know, all right? Um, so what should we be doing? All right, so you look at your portfolio, you look at the stocks that, you know, maybe you didn't like as much <laughs> back in February, and then, you know, you use these rallies to sell them. And uh, look, I think there may be a change in leadership coming. And I, I haven't seen it yet, but uh, in all my years, I've you know, been around the block a couple times, as uh, people keep reminding me. Uh, you know, things change, and uh, the leaders of last decade are simply not the leaders of uh, this decade. But, look, weekly momentum is a one-week moving average compared to a five-week moving average, all right? And uh, we saw weekly momentum as positive. That would indicate higher prices over the course of the next several weeks. Normally, this is a seven-week gig. Uh, so the, the groups that look good were the XLG, et cetera, but then we turn into a column of O's, so it's a little bit more difficult, but, uh, 
you know, weekly momentum did turn positive for like the XLG and the QQQs again this week. So here you have the bullish percent turning down, the bullish percent for the S&P 500 turning down, but the weekly momentum turning up. This job can make you a little bit crazy. <laughs> anyway, uh, we have a lot of favorite sectors, and uh, that's good. You know, this is the first time we've seen this many favorite sectors in two years. That's why I was so, you know, crazy on the market for a while. But the, the one that's up the most is, is at 70. And remember, 70 is the red zone. So semiconductors are right there. You want to wait on semiconductors. They're still favored. Electric utilities and real estate's at 65. You want to wait on those. Software's at 60. You know, with weakness, you want to take a look at some of those stocks. Gas utilities, the Internet, and restaurants are at 55. At 50 is biotech, electronics, transportation, uh, uh, computers, aerospace, in, um, insurance, healthcare, food, and business products. And at 44 is precious metals, drugs, chemicals, and oil. At 40 is, is telecommunication services. And at 34 is oil service stocks. So that, those are the favorite sectors. And what we do is we started out the stuff that's most overbought to the most least overbought. So that's where I would stay if I were you folks. All right. Um, now, we did have a couple things like... Uh, well, here, let me uh, let me just go down. I'm looking for uh, a couple things that I, I think that, uh, you know, the there was a couple sectors that uh, turned that I thought were kind of interesting this week. Uh, the airlines, the aerospace and airline sector and biogenetics genetics and oil service. Uh, those are groups that uh, could have great potential. Um, but look, in international equities, uh, we, you know, we saw some improvement in Asian equities. We talked about that last week. And uh, so the bullish percent for Japan, uh, which has uh, shown a similar picture, you know, fell from 70 in February to mark, match an all-time low of four. Uh, but it did break uh, some, uh, you know, and then it went crazy upside, and, and now it's still in common with exit 54. But it did break uh, two tops uh, on the Nikkei exchange. So that's one to pay attention to. Um, you know, I looked at a couple funds, and our friends at, our friends at uh, Dorsey Wright picked out one, EWJ, that they like. Now, I'm not recommending it, but uh, they seem to think that, uh, you know, with a little help, it could break. Uh, this is a hedged uh, Japan fund. With a little help, it could uh, break out. But it's, it's still below its uptrend line, so it's for traders only. And I'm not recommending it. That's Dorsey Wright. The fixed income field uh, changed a lot. Uh, you know, I looked at S&P's portfolio, and they were talking about tips, uh, uh, aggregate bond portfolio. Uh, the, these are all spiders, by the way. Uh, portfolio, long-term corporate bonds, and the preferred stocks, which is, uh, you know, kind of interesting. So that's, you know, they put 20% in each one of those. Uh, as far as the bogey check is concerned, I, I did notice that uh, for the first time since September, fixed income passed its bogey check. So it's better than cash. <laughs> uh, but as far as commodities concerned, crude oil still down for 14 straight weeks. Uh, gold's up for three straight weeks. Uh, so we're, we're starting to see some supply and demand come in here, uh, some positive things anyway. Um, you know, if you look at continuous oil, uh, I mean, we're, we, we hit almost an all-time low. I think it hit 1950. I don't know if that would put another O in the chart or not, but uh, – we have three lows, three lows here. So if it reverse up, that'd be a, that'd be a big time positive. But uh, right at the moment, I don't see that happening. Um, now, relative strength changes this week. You know, relative strength is to measure how the stock is performing when compared to something else. In this case, the S and P 500 equal weight. So when you get stocks that go to a buy signal, sometimes these last for a long, long time. So some of these names are names you might want to jot down. We're not recommending them, but they're things to explore. Arbor Realty, big lots. Genesco, uh, Genesis Energy uh, LP, GameStop, there's a big in, uh, in, in insider investor there. Continental Resources, Chatham Lodging, Fidus Investment, Bloomy Brands, Overstock, Occidental Petroleum Corp, PDC Energy, Children's Place, Craton, uh, Zixit, uh, Textaneer Group, Starwood Properties, Iger, uh, Biofarm, A10, Sabre, Seritage Growth, uh, Fortuna, uh, Fennec Pharmaceuticals, Carvana, uh, Coro Group, Cactus, Inc., Bloom Energy, 
And then on the sell side, I'm just going to highlight a few because uh, there's a lot of them. Lake, Lakeland Industries, Halius Technologies. Uh, well, this, uh, those are the two of the all I'll talk about. So, uh, look, I think there's some interesting things going on here. And I think, you know, what you have to think about is where you're, you know, where you're going next, okay? Not where you are, but where you're going next. So remember those themes we talked about earlier. Those are the names that I'd be paying attention to. You know, I'd be looking for names in that area. So uh, that would be just me. Uh, you know, in the meantime, I think that, uh, you know, we're going to get to insiders here in uh, five minutes. So uh, you want to pay pretty much close attention to what the insiders are saying. I think, uh, you know, I noticed that they've, they've, they've slacked off a little bit. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Uh, I'm having a little bit of a hard time with our uh, our technical side. My uh, my internet keeps going down here at the house, so I apologize. So we're on. If you can't hear me very well, it's because uh, I'm on my phone, not my speaker. But anyway, this is where we talk about insiders, and uh, uh, insiders are important simply because they know their companies better than we do, and uh, they are usually early, and we are not looking for. Uh, small buyers, we're looking for big buyers, or we're looking for multiple buyers, uh, and that's important. Uh, we're, we're also looking for people who buy and buy and buy and buy, uh, and these are names that uh, can be very, very positive if, uh, if indeed you're, um, you know, you're you're trying to uh, look for ideas. And I think these are ideas that you know that you put these on your uh, shelf and uh, you know pay attention. To them, but you you know you, you don't have to buy them today. Now, look, we we talked about a name uh, a while back, uh, Arcus Biosciences, and uh, the insider bought a ton of stock. This was just back in January, and then they bought some more. And we mentioned it both times uh, on the show. Uh, it looks like Gilead Sciences is taking them over, so it's a hundred percent gain. So that's why we pay attention here. Now, the first name. Uh, I noticed that the Ohio State Pension Fund, but uh, GOLA, uh, which is uh, GDBC, they're a 10% owner, and they bought $5.237 million worth. Now, that's more of a fixed income play. Uh, I do own some of that for my clients. Also, some very smart money, D.E. Shaw. Uh, if you don't know who they are, you should Google them. Uh, they bought a 5% position in Yelp. And they also bought uh, 427,000 shares, uh, which is pretty close to a 5% uh, position, in Blue Apron. How about that, huh? Blue Apron, that's a name <laughs> that, uh, you know, what you find is when everybody gets really excited about new issues, is not the time to buy them, folks, unless you're a trader. The time to buy them is when they get blown out and nobody and everybody hates them. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> You know, but actually, the best time is when the analyst drops coverage, <laughs> and, and that's the best time to buy them. And by the way, there's nobody our analyst isn't following Blue Apron anymore either. All right, so uh, now if you don't know who Bill Gurley is, you probably should know who he is, uh, and he's he's uh, on the board. He's a director at Stitch Fix, and if you don't know who these guys are, what they do is basically they are. Uh, you can buy clothes. You take a picture of yourself, and they put the clothes together for you. Uh, and for people like me, who's all their taste is in their mouth, uh, this is a you know that's a good thing. Anyway, uh, we brought them public, or, or part of the group, and uh, the stock has, has been beaten up like every other stock. But uh, Bill Gurley bought a uh, million shares. That's fifteen million dollar value. That ain't jump change. Now here's an interesting one because. Uh, I have found that the directors uh, and Jamie Dimon, who when they buy J.P. Morgan, you should pay very close attention. And, and Stephen Burke, who was a very smart director at, at J.P. Morgan, bought 75,000 shares or $6.6 .6 million worth, which is not chump change. Uh, Leg Mason, uh, a parent of sub-advisors, and I don't know who that is, but they bought $2 million worth. Uh, Leg Mason is getting acquired soon, I think. Uh, you know, so that's kind of interesting. And... Uh, 
there, there's a couple other names here. Uh, Electrocore, which is a very small name. Uh, there's a guy named uh, James Tullis, who's a director, who bought uh, he bought 1.7 million shares, which was 1.54 million dollar uh, value. And then uh, Tom Rico, who's another director, uh, bought quite a bit. So, uh, uh, oh, Mr. Tullis bought a yeah, he, he bought quite a bit. As a matter of fact, uh, 1.47 million shares. So it's a very low price stock, obviously. And Christopher Gorman, who's president and CEO of KeyCorp. Uh, if you don't know who they are, you, <laughs> you're probably not in Cleveland. Uh, he bought 100,000 shares of, uh, at 1.3 million. And then Total, we had another director buy uh, another uh, million dollars worth. So I thought that was uh, very interesting. A couple other things. Uh, Simple Foods, we had seven buyers. Uh, one bought $530,000 worth. Uh, one bought $240,000. Another bought $240,000. Another bought $480,000. Uh, and then there was five, six, seven, eight buyers uh, between uh, $100,000 and $160,000 worth. So uh, there we go. Our best, uh, our best guy is Philip uh, uh, Frost, who continues. He, he bought... 800,000 shares of Opco at a buck 30 or a buck or a buck 50 I think it was buck 60 this week so he continues to buy and look uh, the guy's you know either out of his mind but I can tell you he's he's, he's made me a lot of money in the, in the past key pharmaceuticals and I, another one he sold to Tiva became a director of Tiva chairman of Tiva and he bought a lot of Tiva at that point too so the guy is is a very smart man and uh, I just think there's a lot of people short this stock and I don't know. I, I don't think I'd want to be short that with that that long with this guy because he's a pretty pretty smart man. So uh, anyway, okay. So you know, basically, what we're looking at is I think uh, some things that people have to uh, pay pretty close attention to. And you know, I, I was listening to uh, and you know listening to Bob Dickey this week, and then looking at some of his stuff. And look, we're at a point where there's a lot. There's some resistance. Okay, uh, this was back on March 9th, where we, you know Joe Biden. We thought that uh, you know, part of the reason we we sold off as badly as we did is that Bernie Sanders became the, the front runner for the Democratic Party, and socialism and uh, capitalism don't usually work very well together. Uh, so we rallied. Uh, it was the first thousand point rally we ever had in the stock market, and we did that day, and we're right there. All right, so you know. Look, I think that the, the high volatility in the market will probably continue going into next week. I think there's some bunch of earnings reports and some economic reports that come out. So there's some uncertainty uh, because, look, companies are struggling with the forecast. And, look, I think Gilead's drug is a good one. Don't get me wrong. But until we have a vaccine, I don't think we're out of, you know, we're out of this. So the Dow and the S&P recovered half of their bear market declines. Now, if Tom Lee's right, that's a big positive. That means we're probably going to have a V bottom. That's 100% of the times when we've done that, we've had a V bottom. So, uh, but you could also pull back about half of the recent bounce, and, and that could look considerable given the big moves that the market has been making recently. <laughs> okay, it's not your, you know, your your average, uh, uh, you know, uh, move. Okay, uh, so we're 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 seeing more and more of that now. One of the things that I've been seeing in the market is we're making this kind of upward wedge. Now, if you break out of this in the north, you know, Tom Lee's probably right. We've got the, uh, uh, you know, a straight up move. If we break it out to the north, we could test the 21,000 area, maybe the, the 20,500 20, area. So, uh, you know, look, the major indexes have developed some really good signs of early recovery. Uh, and, and the trend is the form of, uh, you know, rising highs and lows, okay? So, um, look, we've had some severe, severe news <laughs> over the past couple of weeks, and it may come as a surprise, but those index have recovered the bear market losses, you know, 50% of them in that time. So the bad news might be in the market is what I'm trying to say, uh, and I think that's that's important. Now, one of the things you know I've been harping on for some time now is gold, and I just want to say that the trend on gold has been very strong for the past year. You know, uh, actually, I sent Bob Dickey's chart out back in uh, in, in June, and uh, you know, back in June, uh, you know, 
oil was, I mean, uh, gold was 1250 or to three, 1300 or something like that. It's now 1800. That's a pretty big move. You know, uh, bare gold was 11, $12 back then. It's 24, 23, 24. So I, I think, uh, you know, gold has moved up to a seven year high and we don't, we do not regard gold as a hedge against inflation or uh, a world calamity, but believe it trades higher or lower based on supply and demand, like everything else does, okay? And the current trend is positive, and it has been since the virus crisis. We, we will see probably more upside potential in the next several months, but on a shorter-term basis, gold was trading between 1450 and 1700 and it popped through there. And I think you want to be careful with that, uh, in my humble opinion. Uh, oil, uh, I think there's, uh, you know, a, a couple things you've got to take a look at, but, you know, it be careful with your oil stocks, all right? That's all I have to say. In the meantime, what would I do? Uh, remember, if you go to WHK 1420 AM and you go to, to local podcast down to Tim Hayes Smart Investor Hour, go over to my webpage. Don't forget to see Insights. There's a thing on the CARE Act in there, and there's also a great interview by Janet Angles with Kenneth McKay, who's our, one of our biotech analysts. He's very good. In the meantime, the dividend growth portfolio, the prime income list, are good things to be looking at right about now. Dividends are important. We can also help business owners. You know, uh, there's a guide to transition that we have. It's a booklet. Uh, believe me, uh, private equity is just dying to get a hold of your business because I, I just talked to a guy. He sold it for about half of what he could have. Let's just leave it at that. Family inventory workbook. It's a great time to be getting your act together, getting your financial house in order. And the Savvy Investor's Guide to Credit. Do you want to sell your stocks now or do you want to wait until they go to a new high? I think, uh, you know, credit is an important thing right now. Uh, look, everybody's negative. Probably have a little bit of a pullback. I think it will be an excellent opportunity to buy the stocks that you've always wanted to own, okay? There's some great companies out there. There are some fag- fabulous companies out I had three, four stocks hit new highs last week. New highs. New highs, folks, okay? So it can be done, and uh, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, But I think what's important is that you do the research now. If you're working with me, I'll do the research for you. I have uh, lots of good ideas. Uh, You know, we'll take it from there. In the meantime, have a great weekend. This is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Don't forget, buy low, sell high. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management.